Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Power, the reliable, quick, and scalable EV charging solutions for everyone and everywhere. And... StarCharge, the largest EV charging manufacturer in the world and is also a provider of residential and commercial battery storage. Hello and welcome back to the Out of Spec podcast. I'm your host, Francie. You join me along with Kyle Connor and TJ, nicknamed Suburban, to talk today about, you guessed it, EVs, but specifically the Fisker Ocean. So thank you both for hopping onto the podcast today. Yeah, thanks, Francie. And thanks, TJ, for joining. And uh, just great to have more car enthusiasts come on the channel and talk cars. Exactly. Yeah. So welcome, TJ. Um, you know, we went, met you over the internet. So yeah, thanks for taking the time out of your day. <laughs> Hope you're doing well. Yeah, I'm doing great. Appreciate you guys uh, bringing me on today. Of course. Um, so Kyle was able to drive a Fisker Ocean One pre-production one, and you posted a video about this almost a year ago now that we'll link in the show notes. But uh, a bit of what we do know about the Fisker Ocean is that there's actually inventory available right now. I was looking at their website. You can apparently get delivery of one between four to 10 days based on a few zip codes that I was mm -hmm. looking in, typically around 70, I mean, $69,000. And um, overall, we haven't had a lot of time with the Fisker Ocean One, right, Kyle? So that's why we're also excited to get you, TJ, onto the podcast, like Kyle said, as a car enthusiast, because you had some time with the Fisker Ocean recently. Yeah, so um, back, I guess let's start with Fisker Ocean in general, which is, I think, in we're assuming everyone kind of knows what the car is coming into this podcast, but it's an electric SUV from a startup automaker um, from Heinrich Fisker, who's had, uh, an who's an amazing car designer from years past, D designed some of the, the most beautiful cars um, dating back number a number of years, but has now tried to start his own car company a couple of times. And the last one didn't work out so well at all. And now we're coming into the new one. And the approach for Fisker, which I think is a really interesting approach, is 
you have a designer leading the company, a little bit like Polestar, actually, where they're like a design-focused company, but at least Polestar can reach into the Geely parts bin and you know slab together you know all of these well-engineered components from Volvo, Lotus, you know, et cetera, et cetera, that's in the Geely family. Um, with Fisker, they needed some real engineering help. So they actually went to Magna, who is a sponsor of our out-of-spec reviews channel, not on this one. Um, but but that doesn't affect our reviews on the car at all. And it seems like they can't... I don't know the inner workings of this. I do know some of the people involved on the Magna side. Like, I've run into them at their offices and stuff. But um, it sounds like Fisker went hardcore into Magna, said, here's what we want it to look like. Here's some rough engineering stuff. What can you do? And like Magna's not only building the car in Graz, but they are doing the electric motors, the seats, the blah, blah, blah. I don't even know what the list of Magna parts content is, but I know it's huge. And I think everyone kind of knows that going into it. I don't know more than the general person on what parts are Magna and what parts aren't, but I'm sure if you tear one down, you'll start finding Magna logos all over it. So uh, initially that gave me some confidence because Magna can build a car amazingly well. I mean, they build Toyota Supras, they build BMW 5 Series, they build freaking G-Wagons at this factory. Probably the best built car of all time in terms of toughness and robustness. So like we know Magna's good at that stuff. What had me concerned all along was, does Fisker understand its market value? Do they have the money to pay Magna to get this all done? And is the final total vehicle integration, which ultimately lies on Fisker, going to be good? And when I drove the pre-production one, I thought it was good, but it left me with a little bit of hesitation in the sense that the door shuts were great, the seats were great, like, you know, the design is awesome, but, like, the software was not dialed at all. And like even talking to, I forget who it was in the video, but someone who was like very high up as software, maybe even the head of software, didn't understand how like half the features work. Didn't know if there was going to be charge routing with preconditioning and plug-in charge and all of these things that are so needed for an electric vehicle of 2023 and, and now 2024 coming into that year. Um, so I was just like, okay, you know, maybe they'll get themselves sorted out before they start going on sale. And it's been a few months now, but the Fisker Ocean has officially been on sale both in Europe and America, and they are doing test drives, and they also have review cars that are out there. Now, I have not talked to Matt Fair about this personally, but I was listening to the Smoking Tire podcast, and apparently they dropped off a of Fisker Ocean and then they sent it back a day later because it was that bad. That's what I heard from them. Mm. And then I also heard uh, from an, some other automotive journalist friends of mine who I won't name that the car broke during the time they had it and it was inoperable. And these are oh, not no. pre-production ones like you had a hold of. These are like fully sorted press cars that are just like having major software glitches. Then, of mm. course, I post, you know, I, I'm starting to hear these things. And I'm like, what? is going on because like I of course can evaluate a car and I can say, I wish it was more rear biased instead of front biased in the all wheel drive system when I drove it. And apparently they're sending a software update to do that. And it seems like they really have some cool things going on, but I do get a sense of a little bit of lack of transparency, especially between out of spec and Fisker in the sense where they almost know what we're going to do with the car range test, charging test road trips. And they're like, you're on our list. We'll get to you eventually. And I'm like, 
and that's what they just emailed me this week. They're like, you're on our list. We'll get to you eventually. I'm like, well, that okay. But like the car's on sale now. We need to test it. So I thought, let's at least start the coverage of Fisker. Let's ask our audience what they think. Let's get TJ's impressions. My dad had a chance to check one out recently at a showroom in New York. I have not yet checked out a series production model in the U.S. I did check out a Eurospec, but I didn't drive it. So TJ, you went to go experience a Fisker. Sounds like you didn't experience many problems during your time. Where did you go? How did you find it? What was your impression of the car? So they actually were doing a demo very close to my area. Um, I actually kind of stumbled on it accidentally. I was just out uh, hanging out with some friends, and then the ocean just drives by. And I'm in mid-conversation, like, whoa, hold on a second. That's a, that's a Fisker Ocean over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so next few minutes, I'm driving over there. So they, they have three um, three oceans over there. I couldn't go there immediately. I had to go back, finish what I was doing. By the time I got there, um, they were just packing up to go. They were here for, I think, two days. We're in Orlando, and they're moving to, I think, another location here in Orlando. You're in Florida. Um, so I get there. They're just packing up. I said, hey, can I? Can I test it out? Um, I wasn't able to test drive it fully. Um, we got to play around in, in the parking garage they were doing demos in. So he gave me a walk around on it. It was really in depth. Um, one of the first things I noticed was from a build quality standpoint, I won't say from a design standpoint, it's like the best thing ever. From the build quality standpoint, I was extremely impressed. Um, everything was tight. Like as I'm sitting in there, I'm as the rep is talking to me, I'm kind of doing little wiggle tests. Like, let's make sure this plastic isn't squeaking. Let's make sure this isn't rattling. And everything was very tightly built, um, you know, putting uh, power to the magnet name, obviously. And, you know, we played around with the display, got to see the rotation, everything, all the controls. Did the software um, keep up with the display? Because I watched my dad's video yeah. spin through it, and it, like, his got stuck the wrong way on the screen did you <laughs> yeah, experience my, anything i experienced some lag for sure um during the rotations there were the software would kind of catch up like one to two seconds after um like it reminded me of you know a you know, budget tablet you rotate it it'll get there eventually <laughs> yeah um, but that doesn't seem terror if that's the worst yeah that's not so bad yeah, it was a lot better than I expected. I have, uh, my, my Model 3 has the old Intel Atom MCU. So I'm used to some delay anyway. <laughs> um, using that, I wasn't really, I wasn't really like, you know, inconvenienced at all. It was very responsive to the touch for sure. I think that, yeah, pretty much the only lag it had was from uh, rotating into um, the landscape mode to watch content and stuff on your part. Um, I was in the base model, I believe, because the, the, mile, the mileage was at around 200 left, 200 miles left, and the max was around 250. So I think I was in the base model. Um, but even then, it felt it didn't feel um, it didn't feel like it was cheaply built. It felt like it was quality built. Um, materials are really nice. Sound system was very surprisingly nice. I work in audio engineering partially, so I was very um, critical about that. Um, we listened to some tracks that in there, it sounded very good. You know, the design language, I actually really, I really liked it. Outside, it looks like a mix of like a Range Rover Sport, kind of a Jaguar type. It's like, like a mix between the two, but also looks unique. Um, I really liked it. Um, like the base model, I didn't realize it was the base model 
um, which was kind of a good thing, I think. And I'm thinking back because it didn't seem like I was in the cheapest one. Um, and what is the base price? What do they start at? Like 40 grand or something? I, I think 40 grand, 39 and some change, I think. Yeah. That um, seems like a lot of car for the money. It's like interesting looking. Exactly. Pretty high quality. Like, of course, Magna did the body yeah. structure. I don't know this to be true, but if Magna did the body structure and like they're building it, like it's going to be built well. <laughs> My main concern exactly. with the car is like, how how is the battery going to hold up? How's the charging curve? All of these things that, you know, of course, we're on the list to test one. We have to go to California. They're not going to send one to Colorado. That's fine. But like, no one's really shown any of that stuff yet, as far as I can tell. TJ, have you seen anything about like, charging speeds or curves or anything like that no i didn't get a chance to um i saw that it was the same ccs port had the um they said they're moving to um nacas nacs i always get it mixed up (laughs) 2025 so that's good um but i didn't i didn't get a chance to play on the charging i was hoping to because there were there was um a level two charger just down the road i wanted to take it to but we, we weren't able to go there <laughs> um but i was very curious because i'm also in the market looking for you know what's next out of this model three would it be f-150 lightning rivian r1s r1t you know something bigger than the model three mm. um model x is there but you know i'm, I'm looking I'm, I'm curious that's why i went to the ocean because i was curious about like the huge market that there is now and the interesting thing was the interior reminded me very much of the Polestar too. From build quality, when the Polestar is also very well built, at least from the ones I've been in. Um, and it's like the perfect mix of minimalist, but also um, not removing function where you need it. Like, you know, Tesla's UI is great. I use it every day, but. You know, there are some things like the, I forget, like I think a year ago they moved the HVAC controls where every time you have to tap the, yeah, tap the low or the, the icon to adjust anything now. Um, that was very frustrating. Having the buttons and everything right there, I love that because I can just tap really quick and continue driving. Definitely. In um, the ocean, yeah, the, and the ocean had most of those features as buttons. I really like that about it. The steering wheel felt really good. It feels um, a lot better than the one in my Model 3. Um, <laughs> and uh, the buttons, everything, I was still quality testing. The buttons, everything felt really nice. Oh, I was, I was going to say one of the things I was concerned about, though, was the, the solar roof up top. Mm. Um, he was like, mm-hmm. you know, well, they I think they give in the, in the best conditions, if they can get 1,500 miles of range per year. Okay. Which, I mean, it, that's a that's a cool stat. But I, I went and did some math after I got home. On a small scale, pretty good. On a large scale, I'm not sure how much of a difference you know the average driver will see from charging savings. Mm-hmm. Um, really cool is a cool idea for sure. And then hopefully, as tech progresses, we can get more. So um, it sounds like your your impressions are great on the car. Um, my first yeah. impressions, the last time I've really been with one, I did like check one out on the outside in Germany. I went to like a Fisker pop-up store in Munich during the IAA, and they had like their concept mm-hmm. pickup truck and like all the other ones there with an ocean in the back. And I actually ran into a friend of mine who is the CEO of Porsche Germany. 
um, there checking wow. out the Fisker. And I'm like, what are you doing here? He's like, well, we just, we're here to check out everything. You know, he's just doing can be a market research more or less. And um, yeah, he, he seemed pretty impressed with the styling. Like there was nothing negative he said about it. Of course, you know, tip, you, these high auto executives don't really, um, uh, you know, talk about, uh, talk badly about their competition uh, publicly, but like, you know, I know him enough where he'd be like, oh, I don't like this. He seemed to really like it. I think it looks cool. It seems like it's the right size. It seems like they've kind of nailed a lot of things, except the price on the initial ones are quite high, 70 grand, 60 yeah. something thousand dollars yeah. for a car that is fairly unproven without a service network. We've seen startups go through this and get through this. I don't want to be ringing the alarm bells. I'm just saying I'm more skeptical than a typical launch because Fisker's burned us in the past. And now we're hearing of major software issues, which to be fair, Volkswagen, one of the largest automakers in the world has major software issues. So it's not unique to just Fisker. Um, But I do just think it's important that we stay on top of this one. We don't really cover Fisker enough. I want to, you can lease them really well in California right now, at least, uh, at Mm -hmm. least. So I think that seems like an interesting approach and, Francie, you had mentioned that the delivery times are only four days? Four to ten days, they say. Um, none of them, they're all priced at 69000 that I'm seeing. I looked in two zip codes, one in the southeast, one in the midwest. I didn't look in California because I didn't have that zip code off the top of my head. But yeah, they say that delivery's there. It doesn't look like any of the base models are in the inventory available list that I saw. But looks like, yeah, people are able to get a hold of them. But I would love for us to be able to get more info because like TJ, you were able to go sit in it. But those test drives and then also the mixed reviews that Kyle is getting from media. Mm, yeah, I, I mean, I'd like to really see how it's going. Yeah, when I talk to automotive journalists about Fisker, no one has come up to me and said, this is a game changer. This is great. This is awesome. And from my impression, especially from knowing how much how extended Magna is into this vehicle, mm-hmm. this car has to be great. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not seeing that it is at the moment. There are bits and pieces of it that are great. And there are bits and pieces of it that are true complaint points. So I think what is going to make up the future, the make or break for the future of this is how quickly they can respond to complaints, how quickly they can issue software patches. And um, truly, I think give, give the general EV driver some confidence that taking a leap into another Fisker um, you know, nameplate isn't going to end in disaster. And uh, I think it's too early to tell, but TJ, like you mentioned, like I love the way it looks. I love the materials. Cool to hear that the sound system bumps. That's always a big one for me. I got to have a good sound system. And it seems yeah. like, especially for the lower priced cars, what a value. Like if you, if they can truly deliver oh, yeah. the, the, the $40,000 for all the specs they said, that's amazing. And that's where I guess most of the reservation holders are waiting for that car. Because it's it's unbelievable to me that this has just gone on sale and they're ready for immediate delivery. What happened to all the pre-orders? They must be for the lower price variants. To your point on, you know, it's not necessarily a game changer. I think I see Fisker as um, kind of a higher end general line of evs like you know we're still we're still trying to get more evs than just tesla lucid and the other few like polestar i think this will just add a great option for other buyers to either upgrade into or start out in in some for some people 
um, especially for you know the crossovers. Like not everyone wants a Model Y, and and sometimes it's just because you see this many on the road. But um, compared to a Model Y, I think it's a really good competitor, especially for the base price that we'll eventually um, be able to be able to buy. Yeah, I think it could be a cool option as long as we see it, like, you know, we've said, really step up to the plate here. Um, I yeah. appreciate you chasing down the Fisker people, TJ, <laughs> to get in it because, you know, we need that kind of initiative here. And appreciate you coming onto the podcast to talk about your experience. Of course, if you find one again and get in another one again, please let us know. I know that you're you know, an enthusiast and um, are really being thoughtful about this as well and considering what you might do next if you're not going to do Tesla. So yeah, thanks again for your your input. And I think we still have more questions on the Fisker Ocean and maybe the company in general, but we'll kind of have to wait for those answers, it looks like. Now, if I find another one, like they, um, they told me to uh, subscribe to their newsletter. So I'll be looking out for that for their next, okay. if their next location is, you know, within an hour of me, I'll be there. <laughs> Nice. Good. Definitely. I would probably say the same as for Kyle, but hopefully we can get it into our drive tests and everything. But yeah, thanks for sharing your experience and for coming onto the podcast. Really appreciate your time. And everyone, let us know what your questions remaining are about the Fisker Ocean, because we'd love to hear them. And thanks everyone for tuning into the Out of Spec podcast. We will see you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, welcome to the Next Wave Podcast. Consider us your chief AI officer in your business. My name is Matt Wolf. I have the number one YouTube channel in the AI space. I also run futuretools.com and I'm joined by my co-host, Nathan Lands, founder of lore.com. We want to bring you the latest AI news and trends, show you how you can use AI in your business and personal life and help make it super easy for you to understand and execute. We're going to equip you with the knowledge to thrive in this upcoming wave of change. 